Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Going for Goal, the weekly women's health podcast that's here to help you make good on the health and happiness goals you want to achieve. I'm your host, journalist and women's health senior editor, Roisin Dervish-O'Kane. Our mission right now is to help you stay healthy and sane while staying home. So let us know what you could use our help with. No goal is too big or too small. So get in touch and we could dedicate a whole episode to helping you achieve that. Nicole did just that last week, messaging me personally on Instagram to say that she wanted to achieve better gut health and understand more about the role of probiotics. But she's not the only one. My guest today has been inundated with messages and calls from hundreds of women who are experiencing unprecedented digestive disruption during the lockdown. She's Dr. Megan Rossi, aka the Gut Health Doctor. As a research fellow at King's College London, she investigates nutrition-based therapies in gut health and puts this knowledge into practice as a registered dietitian at the Gut Health Clinic in Harley Street. As an avid healthy home cook, she very much practices what she preaches and all this insight is crammed into her first book, the best-selling Eat Yourself Healthy, an easy-to-digest guide to health and happiness from the inside out, which is published by Penguin and out now. Welcome, Megan. Thanks so much for having me. Together, we're going to be spending the next 30 minutes talking all things digestive health and the simple ways that all of you listening can get your gut health back on track. So, Megan, gut health it's ostensibly not the sexiest of topics. Um, why is it important for us to be getting ours in a good place right now? Yeah, well, I think the first thing we should definitely do is actually look at what gut health is, because although the word is spoken about a lot, you know, what it is exactly is rarely actually communicated, funnily enough. So gut health actually relates to the functioning of our entire digestive tract. This is this nine-meter-long tube that essentially delivers food from entry all the way to exit. And then if I, I guess, had to summarise why good gut health is just so important, there are really two key things. The first one is that 70% of our immune system actually lays along that nine-metre digestive tract. So studies have shown that if you want things like, you know, less risk of allergies and sick days, we need to have good gut health. And then the second element, which is really, I guess, what's brought the fame to this concept of gut health over the last couple of years, and that is that we contain trillions of microorganisms. Now, I say microorganisms, most of them are actually bacteria. But interestingly enough, we also include things like, you know, viruses and parasites and even fungi like yeast, which actually 
synergistically work to look after us. So it's really that community of those trillions of microorganisms that's been linked to the health of, you know, pretty much every other organ in the human body. Things like better heart health, even better mental health has been linked to the health of our gut health. So yeah, it is obviously incredibly important at the moment. It's pretty foundational then. And it sounds like at the moment, women that have been in contact with you are struggling in a few ways with their digestive health and they're getting all these symptoms. Would you mind telling me a bit more about that? Yeah, you know, I think if we think about our gut health, there's many different aspects that we know can impact it. So things like changes in our diet, stress, exercise and sleep. And at the moment in lockdown, you know, all four of those areas potentially could be affected. So I know my clinic, the gut health clinic is inundated at the moment. All our um, appointments have gone to online, but still we're like jam full of people saying that now they didn't really have any digestive symptoms before, but now they've really ramped up. And when I kind of get down to the personal level, a lot of it comes back to things like Yes, they've completely changed their diet, their stress is through the roof, their exercise regime and the timing of it has also changed, which can impact the um, kind of our pooping cycle, uh, which I'm sure we'll go into. Yeah, exactly. Actually, it's really important that we um, try and maintain that regular pooping habit uh, because that can then go on and affect other things like, you know, if we get bloated and things like that. So we've talked there about people are getting constipated, people are bloating, people are farting, and often people have got this, um, well, I know anecdotally, and I don't know whether this is boredom or whatever, but people have got this constant desire to snack. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, anyone who's working or who has worked from home before all this will know that, you know, when you're trying to do a project and the fridge is so close and you're a food lover, it can be tempting um, to kind of visit it every 30 minutes or so just to procrastinate to some extent. So um, absolutely people's dietary, not only what the foods they're eating, but also the frequency of them eating can have an impact. Interesting. So it sounds like a lot of this is about the timing. Yeah, look, it, it is both the timing and the types of foods because, as I'm sure you've you've seen in your own grocery stores, um, there aren't probably the regular foods we normally eat as kind of prevalent as well as we're not shopping as frequently. So maybe we're not having as many fresh fruit and veggies because we're only going to shops once every two weeks, whereas before maybe we went every couple of days. And I guess if we think about, you know, one of the mechanisms um, – of the timing of eating, because there's a lot of myths around whether snacking is good or bad for your gut health. And I think it very much comes down to the individual. So we do know that if you are struggling with constipation, um, we find that a lot of people actually, if they reduce the frequency of their snacking, that can actually help them with the constipation. And why that is that when we are in the fasted state, after about 90 minutes, uh, there is this big movement um, that kind of pushes through. It's called the migrating motor complex, a little bit fancy there, MMC, and it pushes kind of all the leftover food through that nine metres. It gives a big shove. Now, if we're not getting into that 90 minutes of fasting because we're frequently snacking, then that could delay um, the pushing and therefore it can be an issue in people who have constipation. However, actually, if you don't have an issue with constipation, snacking might actually be more beneficial for you because you're not putting as much pressure and stress on your gut at any one period in time. So it is very much an individualized approach. And I guess that's one of the goals with my book, Eat Yourself Healthy, is looking at 
the individual and finding what strategies work to your individual case because everyone's gut is different. And you touched on there about movement and exercise. What do you think are some of the adjustments that maybe people um, are doing now that they're working out from home and they're not commuting or maybe they've just got this one walk a day? Um, How do you think that could be affecting people, the mechanism of what's going on with their gut? Yeah, so we do know that exercise independent of diet actually is beneficial for our gut health. And you know, I guess the reason why I highlight the independent nature is because people who exercise also typically have you know more different types of plant-based foods, which is also good for gut health. But they've actually controlled for the diet and just looked at people you know, independent of that exercising did have a benefit. Now, we don't know the exact mechanism. Um, there are many hypotheses out there. We think that perhaps, you know, the physical movement of the gut helps, you know, push the gut muscles through, which then in turn changes the gut bacteria. Also, there is another thought uh, that people who exercise, often you're exercising in an outdoors environment and therefore you're actually exposed to different microbes uh, from things like, you know, the um, the grass and the, you know, the dirt and all that sort of stuff. There's millions of microbes in those sorts of environments. Uh, so we think they could be some of the mechanisms. Now, that's kind of looking at how exercise affects the diversity of the different gut um, bacteria. And what we see is diversity of different gut bacteria inside you is kind of associated with better gut health. But also what I'm noticing um, in terms of actual gut symptoms is that if people are changing their routine too much in the morning, that may actually be exacerbating some of their gut symptoms. An example of this is with, again, constipation, because it actually is really common. We don't often like talking about constipation, but it does affect a lot of people. Um, So... What we know is uh, if you exercise really intensely, so like you do a HIIT session in the morning, that can delay um, you, your body kind of feeling safe to do a poo. <laughs> uh, so the why that is is because essentially what helps us poo and why most people actually poo in the morning is because we've got this movement called another movement, um, the mass movement. So I spoke about that migrating motor complex, which helps moves food through all that nine meter tract um, and have kicks in when you're fasting after about 90 minutes yeah the mass movement is the one essentially that's just in the lower part of the intestine and really does help us poop so um what we see is when we go to sleep that mass movement is down regulated but when we wake up first thing in the morning that mass movement is actually high uh so if you're on top of in the morning going straight hard and doing a hit session kind of down regulates that mass movement and kind of any poop that was kind of ready to come out kind of sucks back up so to speak um so what i do recommend if people are struggling with constipation um that actually they delay any intense exercise to a bit later in the in the morning and actually what we see is um helping support that mass movement um, so making the most of that mass movement is this kind of gut stimulating um morning routine and it involves things like we know a little bit of fat um complex carbohydrates a little bit of caffeine and gentle exercise are four elements which really do kind of increase the mass movement uh, so I recommend people starting the day with those four elements, um, at least for the first, you know, 
hour or so after waking uh, and then hopefully I get people you know just to sit on the toilet after that morning routine just literally for five minutes not straining or anything but really just helping their body know that this is their habit if they want to go to the toilet now they can but our bowels are very um stubborn to some extent they don't like being told what to do so if you sit on the toilet and strain really hard it will probably be like no I'm not, I'm not doing what you're saying you have to kind of play its game but I think what if you want to go now you can and actually what I find in in my clinic is that following this kind of morning routine after about you know two to three weeks even though people aren't straining, they actually their body starts to go, okay, they naturally go when they sit on the toilet for that five minutes because it's been trained that this mm-hmm. is a safe and comfortable time to go. Do you know what? Something that is coming through so much doing these podcasts basically about how people can stay healthy and sane and feel normal while they're staying at home is the importance of routine. Yeah. Would you say in general routine is important for good gut health? I think routine, probably the key importance of routine um, is also with our mental health. And because of this gut-brain connection, we call this our gut-brain axis, uh, you know, indirectly through our mental health, uh, that is really going to help with our gut health as well. Uh, so I do say that routine, you know, is just it just helps people, I think, feel more in control. Uh, which is really helping the mental health. And therefore, if they're not stressed in their head as much, it's less likely to be stressful in their gut because the messages going from the uh, brain to the gut are more relaxed. And that's all by this vagus nerve. I think this new understanding of our gut bacteria has really added a new key player to this gut-brain axis and that we're starting to see that actually some of the chemicals that bacteria produce based on what we eat um, particularly like things like dietary fiber, they produce beneficial um, chemicals, which then affect this gut-brain axis and can change things like our mental health. So, yeah, it's such a, an incredibly exciting area. Totally. And it's, it, am I correct in thinking that there's been like this spike in interest at the moment, but we are just scratching the surface in terms of what we know? Yeah, no, that's so true. And a good example of that is, you know, there are all on the market, there are heaps of different um, kind of gut bacteria tests you can get done. And people often say, well, should I spend this 300 pounds getting, you know, my bacteria analysed? And I think it's really important that people appreciate that not at the moment um, it's it's really not worth your money. Now, if you have heaps of money, fine, go get it done out of interest. But actually, um, it's not going to come and if you come to me in clinic, it's not going to change my clinical practice, so to speak. Would you say it's almost more important rather than naming things and thinking, OK, this does this. It's more about listening to your body and going with what we know helps, like what kind of basic fundamental habits. Exactly. That's, that's spot on um, because we can get all wrapped up in how much bacteria or lactobacillus do you have. Uh, but actually when it comes <laughs> down to it, um, it doesn't seem to work that way. And I know one of the listeners um, who actually, you know, requested a gut health topic asked about probiotics. And I think this feeds in really, really nicely here because probiotics, so essentially for those who aren't aware of it, um, they're the good microbes. So most of the bacteria, but you can also get some probiotics that are types of yeast. Um, and I think that they've been very much misunderstood. 
And as a result, a lot of people are skeptical around um, probiotics uh, and, and, you know, with good reason. But the Mm. thing we need to start thinking about in terms of probiotics is that each different type of bacteria or yeast actually has different functions and there's thousands of different types. So I have listed the seven um, key areas where the science supports a probiotic in my book um, alongside those probiotic descriptions like the dose, the duration uh, and the specific name. In a way, now we've we're thinking of lockdown life, obviously because of the way it's come about as quite a negative thing. And we've already spoken about how it's. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Pretty disruptive for people's gut health. Um But actually, could we make a virtue of the fact that because now most days are playing out pretty similarly, is it actually a pretty good chance to get in touch with your gut and have a bit of a reset when, as you say, improving your gut health isn't just improving your digestive health, it's improving pretty much everything? Yeah, you know, I... I believe that to all this, the silver lining is that we, not all of us, because obviously, um, you know, frontline workers and things like that don't and might be even more stressed. Um, a lot of us actually have that little bit of extra time uh, to, you know, nurture our health. And also because we're having a disruption of our normal habit, we have the opportunity essentially to create a new healthier habit. So once we go back to our chaotic lives, actually we've got a really strong new habit-formed foundation that we can carry on, uh, which will really support our gut health. So, yeah, I, I absolutely think that that is a positive um, to all of this craziness. Cool. So let's talk tactics then. Where should someone start? So if someone's like all G'd up and now they're like, right, I'm going to improve my mental and my physical health all in one by sorting out my gut health, where do they start? So I think it's worth thinking about um, what area of their gut health is kind of more vulnerable at the moment. And I can link um, you guys to my 10-question gut health assessment. So it goes through the different areas which really do impact our gut health. 
So it looks at things like, are you currently having any gut symptoms? Um, are you really stressed? How much sleep are you getting? How diverse is your diet? Are you on medications, etc.? And what that does is really helps kind of indicate which area you should be focusing on at the moment. Um, because like I said, diet is clearly a huge, um, you know, importantly, uh, has a hugely important role to play in terms of our gut health because our gut microbes solely are reliant on what we feed it. Um, but also things like your stress, your exercise, and your sleep. So I think it's about personalizing it to what your lifestyle is like at the moment and what area you're more vulnerable to, and then really mm-hmm. focusing on that. Um, if people are just have no clue and they're in a really bad way with their gut, what I recommend is actually they um, start a gut diary. And again, those who have my book will have access to the My Gut Diary, which actually gives people, you know, a seven-day plan of um, recording things like what are they eating, what are their stress levels like, what time are they going to bed, what time are they waking, when are they exercising, are they having gut symptoms, and really getting, I guess, the data from a more objective viewpoint and printing it all out for seven days so then people have an understanding of if there's any correlations and, oh, look, on the days where I do that hit session first thing, actually the next day I feel terrible because my gut's all over the shop. Or actually on the days where I, um, you know, sleep in, you know, by an extra two hours, I'm feeling really rotten in that afternoon. So it helps kind of people more objectively pinpoint. But I guess if we want to think about some, you know, very generalised recommendations, um, that I think a lot of people uh, can benefit from. One of the key things we see is people who have more different types of plant-based foods in their diet um, actually tend to have better gut health. Now, the study um, which I referred to actually showed that people who have 30 different types of plant-based foods in their diet had better gut health than those who only had 10. Now, the thing about um, these plant-based foods, it's not just your fruit and veg. It actually comes from all six plant-based food groups. So things like your whole grains, your nuts, your seeds, your fruit, your veg, and your legumes, your beans, and your pulses. Now, obviously, at the moment, we don't have access to everything. So people probably think, oh, look, there's no way I could get 30. But actually, there's many simple things you can do. So things like um, instead of just getting the steamed broccoli, get the steamed multi-pack if it exists at your shops. Um, the same with your legumes. Instead of just getting your chickpeas, get your four bean mix. And, you know, whatever you're having for breakfast, add a teaspoon of mixed seeds on and you get four points from each different types of seeds. So those sorts of little switches in your diet, I think, will help people achieve um, those that diverse range of plant-based foods. And I guess the mechanism behind that is that each different type of plant-based food contains different types of fibres and plant chemicals, which essentially feeds different types of gut bacteria. And, you know, like um, a sporting team, you want a really diverse range of skills on that sporting team. You don't want just all stellar forwards. You want, you know, the good backs, et cetera. And the same with our gut bacteria. We want a diverse range of all the different types to get those skills up, to have a really strong kind of inner team within us. So we do that by feeding it <laughs> a diverse range of fibres. And what about, um, because people can have probiotic and prebiotic foods, can't they as well? Can you explain a little bit about why those are beneficial and where people can find those properties? Yeah, so the two P words, so prebiotic, so P-R-E-biotic, essentially is the food that feeds a good bacteria. So most of the prebiotics are actually types of fibres, dietary fibres, which actually come from all six plant-based food groups. So I actually very rarely prescribe a prebiotic supplement because I say if you're having the 30 different types of plant-based foods, you're actually going to be getting enough prebiotics, so enough food to feed the gut bacteria. 
Um, in terms of probiotics, so if we think about the legal term, um, the probiotics is more around the capsule form because you need to have the specific strain. However, we do get live cultures, so live bacteria in a range of different fermented foods. So things like live yogurt, kefir, kombucha, kimchi, sauerkraut, etc. Now, in terms of fermented foods, I firstly am very, very pro it. However, with my scientific hat on, um, it's important to realize the science is very uh, much in its early stages. You know, one of my favorite things is having my overnight fermented oats. And I think most people listening to this will totally be up to speed with overnight oats. You put them in the fridge um, after you've added like the oats and the milk, etc. But actually with overnight fermented oats, you add the live cultures. So I usually add some of my kefir to it. Interesting. And then if people aren't making their own kefir yet, they can you can often buy that in supermarkets now, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can buy it from most most of the supermarkets now. You can buy some. Though I do I um I do encourage people just to give it a shot though, because it's so, so easy. All you do is get the grains, pop it in some milk, leave it out of the fridge for twenty four hours, and literally you have your kefir uh, ready to go. So it's super, super um easy. And if you've got kids, it's such a fun science experiment. So you talk about milk. Can people achieve the same results with plant milks as well as uh, cow milk? Yeah, really good question. So when it comes to um, dairy kefir, unfortunately not. It has to be um, a milk from a mammal. So it can be sheep or goats. And the why that is is because the specific um, yeast and bacteria that make kefir actually eat the milk sugar called lactose, and plant-based milks don't contain lactose, uh, so they don't work on it. Just to touch back on probiotics, we were talking about how it's really important to look to kind of be focused on what you want to achieve out of them when supplementing. Would you say then bottom line, so if we're thinking about the process in which people are going to adopt these habits, is that something that you, you almost work through the others? So you work through the dietary changes and you work through maybe experimenting with fermented foods and then some of the movement that we're going to touch on in a sec. Would you say that you focus on that and then if you are still struggling, then you investigate probiotics? Yeah, no, absolutely. Because like I said, there's only like the seven areas where I would say there is good clinical evidence that a probiotic will work. So actually in most scenarios, um, there's much more evidence for changing your lifestyle and your diet rather than having a probiotic. Um, I think that's important. And if you're generally healthy, you know, there is no um, evidence to suggest that a probiotic, adding that into your daily practice, will have any benefit at all. Interesting. And I know something that is really common um, within our readership and our listeners as well is IBS. Yeah. And what's the evidence like for just like mild IBS and probiotics? Yeah. So there is a little bit of evidence for probiotics, uh, specific probiotics and um, IBS. However, we do see diet and lifestyle has a much greater benefit. Uh, so maybe probiotics might improve your symptoms by 15%, um, but we know that diet and lifestyle will improve your symptoms by 80%. Right. Um, so that's where we start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it is, if, you know, I would love there to be a special pill where you take it and all of the IBS symptoms are resolved. Um, but sadly, it's it just not as simple as that. What are some good principles for movement then? We spoke about not doing HIIT first thing. But what are, what are some other things? And what if people do love HIIT and those intense workouts? When should they kind of fit those into their day? 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, if people have um, no gut issues at all, then absolutely doing HIIT whenever you want to is completely fine because, again, we know the exercise is good for our gut. However, if people do have um, quite a sensitive gut, um, we do see that HIIT can actually um, exacerbate the sensitivity of the gut. And why that is is that exercise, particularly extreme high-intensity exercise, draws the blood from the stomach um, to the muscles. Um, which makes sense to help our muscles move and, and all those sorts of things. But actually that kind of deprives the gut of a lot of oxygen. Um, so if we're doing really prolonged sessions, really high intensity, that can aggravate um, our gut if it's already quite sensitive. Now, if it doesn't affect your gut, then you know I don't want people to be like, oh, I can't do hip because of my gut. Don't worry about it. But it's just those people who already have an underlying sensitive gut. Um, again, there has been some clinical trials, particularly in people with sensitive guts, showing that things like a gut-directed yoga flow can actually have a huge impact um, on people's gut health. So actually, um, in my clinic, I do recommend people start their day with a 15-minute gut-directed yoga flow. Again, it's only anecdotal evidence because it's just from you know the people telling me in clinic that so many people have found that it really helps set their day up right. Um, to help, you know, have their gut in a very relaxed state before they take on the day. So I think starting with um, those sorts of gentle exercises, you know, can be really helpful for gut. And so there's often this urge when going after a health goal to want to do everything all at once. How should people be adopting these gut healthy habits? Is it as a wholesale change or is it building up one by one? What would you recommend? It's up to the individual, really. But I think it's important people keep in mind that looking after their gut health is um, a marathon, not a sprint. However, if people find that sprinting at the start really helps build their motivation, then absolutely they can complete, and particularly now where they've got a little bit of extra time, they can completely revamp their diet and their lifestyle to be more supportive of gut health. Um, but if you have kids and you're working and it's all too stressful, then literally just choosing one five-minute strategy to add to your day to look after your gut health is going to be an amazing feat. So I think remembering we want these goal, these strategies to last long term, um, but whatever the way that works best for you to get there, I think, you know, I'm happy for you to do. But, you know, there's many different motivation um, techniques I find that a lot of my clients, if they write, you know, a little note to themselves and keep it on their mirror um, or, you know, in their bedroom door, and then every morning they'll see that as a reminder why they're making these changes, why they're taking that 10 minutes out to do the gut-directed yoga flow when actually they want to go and watch Netflix straight away. So just that constant reminder um, of how it's going to make them feel and drawing on emotions, I think, can help really support the motivation longer term. Megan, thank you. That's been super informative. Um, Nicole, if you're listening, I hope that's helped you understand a little bit more about gut health and also where probiotics fit into the wider picture of looking after your gut health. Um, And with it, as Megan said, your whole health, so your mind and body. Megan, before you go, what's one thing that you'd like our listeners to take away? One thing, it's it's quite tricky, but I guess probably the most important principle is the fact that looking after your gut health is more in terms of diet, it's more about what you include rather than what you exclude. Um, so I think we shouldn't have guilt attached to foods and being like, oh, no, added sugar is bad for my gut. It's more important that if you're having some added sugars, you're also adding in some plant-based foods that are going to feed the gut bacteria. So include versus exclude, I think, is my key take home. Fantastic. And I should actually say, 
before we go as well, that there are some gut symptoms that are associated with COVID-19, aren't they? If someone is experiencing diarrhea or, or sickness, um, but they're not experiencing any other of the symptoms, what is your recommendation? What should they be doing? That's a really good point. Um, I think we should still, in terms of following the government's guidelines, that the key things are the fever and the persistent cough. But if you are noticing uh, that you have ongoing kind of gut upset and diarrhea and you don't normally have that sort of gut upset um, and you have it for, you know, at least a week, uh, then it's worth just having a quick chat to your GP. Um, and like I said, the start, my husband's a GP and, you know, they're still all open for, um, for teleconferences. Uh, so, yeah, have a quick 10 minute chat and just make sure um, you don't meet any of the other symptoms. Absolutely. Don't dismiss those symptoms and listen to your body. Um, right. Dr. Megan Rossi, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. And cheers to all of you for listening too. If you've enjoyed the show, please share, rate, review and subscribe as it really helps others find us. And if you've got a goal in mind, get in touch on Instagram. Our handles are in the show notes and together we can help you get there. A reminder before we go, that you can order six issues of Women's Health magazine fronted this month by the irrepressibly sunny Alice Living for just £6 straight to your door. That's a huge saving of 76% on award-winning journalism and science-backed advice to help you feel your healthiest and happiest right now, when I think we could all do with a little bit of help. All you need to do is go to hearstmagazines.co.uk. I'll be back next week with another episode to help you stay healthy while staying home. Catch you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.